Would okay. the panel agree with me that we live in a four-tiered society? At the bottom end of the heap, we have people dying rough on doorsteps. We have 10 children a week going, or 10 children, uh, 10% of the population of children going to week hungry. There's 70 people being evicted from their houses every week. And there's a huge disparity in, in the wealth in the country. Uh, people are struggling to get by. And at the other end of the heap, we have people who are extremely rich and uh, they uh, doesn't seem to be any, uh, you know, disparity between one and the other. And, uh, and with regard to the incinerator you were talking about, it was Mr. Tierney was the CEO who, who uh, actually uh, proposed building the, the incinerator. Cost 96 million went up and not in smoke, just disappeared. And uh, they were to su su supposed to supply 600,000 tons of waste to keep it going. Now they're only producing half of this, and this is all coming to nothing at the moment. What sort of society we're living in would spend 96 million on nothing, and all these kids and these homeless people uh, not even surviving, just, uh, just being there altogether? Okay. Right, thank you. Thanks a million. Great. Um, we won't go back to the uh, incinerator question again, but what I'd like to do is maybe uh, Tommy Bruin TD, uh, Independent TD, um, ask you that. Do you think we're living in a four-tier society? Yeah, I'd agree with you. I, I, I think um, there's no question. The research we have so far, I think, shows that maybe the top 1% own about 40% uh, of the country. Uh, the top 5% maybe get none for more than half the country. Uh, we've gr gross inequalities um, in, in this society. I tried, by the way, in the, the last stall, uh, I brought forward um, a high pay and wealth commission bill. Um, and you might remember there was um, a famous uh, book published on the uh, wealth and how wealth had developed, uh, you know, in, been possessed by a tiny minority uh, in France and England, United States, and here, uh, Tomo, Tomo, uh, Thomas Piketty, uh, a French economist, and um, uh, uh, at that particular era, we were trying to establish what the facts are, but clearly we need a much more, a much stronger uh, and fairer taxation system. Uh, for example, I proposed that we, we should have a 48% band, a 48% tax for those who earn more than 100,000, uh, 100, that we should have a wealth tax uh, on, the, on the top 5% uh, on, on their assets. I put forward that, those kind of proposals to Minister Noonan year after year. It is outrageous, as you say, that I mean, 12% of our children uh, are living in almost absolute poverty. And this government, this very government uh, under uh, the, the Labour leader, uh, Joan Burton, came forward with proposals uh, to change the rules for lone parents, uh, which uh, you know, ri risk turning up to 60% of, of the children of, of those families um, into a permanent poverty situation, an outrageous uh, change. So I believe it is within the capacity of a progressive government to start having a much fairer system uh, and to start spreading the wealth around and, and to, to give people a chance and to try and get away from this, as you say, four-tier society. Okay, Tommy, I'm going to come to uh, Councillor John Lyons, People Before Profit now. John, if, if you're elected and if you have uh, maybe some influence in government, maybe, uh, you know, some of the uh, minor, uh, you know, the, the different uh, TVs and that, yeah. uh, the independents and smaller parties like your own mm -hmm. might have some influence in government. What would you do 
to, to change this and address the four tiers? Sure, yeah. Like if the opportunity does arise uh, after the uh, upcoming election on the 26th to form a left government, uh, of course, people for profit in the anti-austerity lines uh, would uh, partake in that government, but it has to be on a principled basis. So, as I said at the start, we have to rule out coalitions with the right-wing parties, with the Labour Party, with Fine Gael and with Fianna Fáil, because they've presided over, they've misruled this country since 1922. And that's what's led to this current situation, that in 2016 you have a very divided uh, society. In, on the anniversary of the lockout there, uh, back three years ago, a question was asked by Francis Devine, the Labour uh, historian, are we any better off in 2013 than we, are, than we were in, 20, uh, than in 1913? And he said, aside from general public health, no. People's basic needs haven't been met. We have a very good recovery for the rich. In the last five years, they have in, in, the top 300 have accumulated an extra 34 billion. They're having a whale of a recession. Meanwhile, as the, the questioner asked, uh, mentioned, we have people in desperate, dire situations, particularly children. I, just to focus on this, and this is why I think the impact of what Labour and Fine Gael have done over the last five years deserves like a massive response and it deserves for every one of those politicians to be chucked out of power because children now have no control over what happens to them. They have no control. The 2,000 children in Dublin City tonight who are homeless had no say in that. No say whatsoever. And it's pretty, it's a sad indictment of Irish society in 2016 that we're in this situation. But there are things we can do. If a left government is a possibility uh, this year or perhaps in five years' time, uh, we are part of the right to change and we have a progressive policy platform that talks about our basic needs, a right to water, a right to health, a right to housing, to decent work, to decent jobs, a right to sustainable environment, a right to equality and democratic reform. These are, you know, I think many policies which a lot of people uh, think are sensible, are achievable, are realistic. They're not you know, utopian ideals that can't ever be achieved. If the political will was there, and I believe it is with people for profit uh, and with others on the left, I think we could begin to change Ireland for the better for the majority. Okay. Uh, thanks, uh, John Lyons. I- I'll come back to you in a second, uh, Michal. Aon, um, a couple of um, accusations here coming from some of your uh, running mates that um, the government really have uh, made a mess of this, really. What do you say to that? Well, I would say that when we stepped into government, which we didn't have to do, we had had a collapsed economy, completely a collapsed economy. We had 15% unemployment. And many of the issues that have been raised by my colleagues here are as a result of that crash. Now, I spent 14 years as a Labour Party um, member going around doors at election time trying to convince, convince people to believe in a more social just Ireland, investment in education, investment in housing, in, 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 a, in a fair health system, etc. And everybody just said to me, we know Bertie Hearn's a great guy, I think I'll keep voting for him, doesn't he like Manchester United like I do? That's what we had for 14 years. And inequality in Ireland is not something that happened today or yesterday over the last five years. It's been with us for a long time. So I'm going to give you some practical things of what I've done over the last five years. My fundamental belief from my teaching background and from my political um, activism is that education is actually the great liberator. Education is what actually is going to make a difference. If you take a three-year-old from a welfare-dependent family and compare that three-year-old to a three-year-old from a professional family, there is 
um, the three-year-old from a professional family has three times the oral language capacity of the three-year-old from the welfare-dependent family. So you look at uh, initiatives that are here in Dublin 17, like Preparing for Life. They were financed by Atlantic Philanthropies. Atlantic Philanthropies were no longer funding them. And then I stepped in with my colleagues in government and ensured that we have a three million package to continue the work that they do. Oral language, empowerment, literacy, uh, in terms of diet. The schools locally here can see the difference in the attendance of children and their, and their ability to, to learn. That type of empowerment of young parents at the earliest stage is actually what makes a difference. And we're not just doing it here. We've lined out 13 same, same, same programs across the country, 30 million investments, and there's 6,500 children in the Docklands, for example, where I used to teach, who are benefiting from that. So look, in terms of you know, wealth inequality and, and all the rest of it, we can talk that, uh, that, that debate as well. But how do we actually encourage children to grow up, to, to fulfil their, their potential? People talk about a wealth tax. I make this last point. And I will say this with the 1%. Before we came into government, the 1%, top 1% earners were, were paying 18% of the total tax take. Now they've paid 22% of the total tax take. But in terms of a wealth tax, as people have outlined here, we have a new tax called the property tax, which many people here are very much against. If you own a house worth a million quid, you pay 2,500 quid a year in property tax. That goes to local services such as housing, such as sheltered housing, such as parks, playgrounds and libraries. That is effectively what we have stood over and I'm happy to stand over. Okay, um, I'll, come, I, I'll get you now. I promise Michal, uh, Donna, I'll get you now just in one second. I promise Michal I'll come back to him next. Um, Michal, um, Aidan's outlined there. All uh, the government have done over the last couple of years to... Uh, to make things better for people. Well, Aon has emphasised education and, and, and there's also an emphasis on jobs and those are extremely important. But if you look at how this government has compounded the crises, there are people who are in jobs and in some cases in quite decent jobs in this, in this city who cannot afford a roof over their heads. They have their children in education, but they could be in a and b or in a hotel room trying to bring their children to school. Uh, sometimes very far away from where their accommodation is because the, the crises have been compounded by the actions of this Fine Gael-led government and very much Fine Gael-led government. Um, the questioner spoke about the divisions in Irish society and the, the fort here. A uh, hundred years ago, James Connolly said that the freedom of a nation is measured by the freedom of its lowest class and every upward step of that class raises the nation in the scale of civilization. We're at a crossroads. The crossroads, the choice is very clear. If we go down the road of a Fine Gael-led government, which is clearly the choice on the right, with, it, with what's left of the Labour Party tagging along to make up the numbers, we are going to have an increasingly divided society, much more divided. That is the direction they are taking us. The alternative is a left-led government with a, a, a strong Sinn Féin presence, others on the left, those who have, who have signed up to the Right to Change Charter, which will put the emphasis back on equality, on helping those least able to help themselves in health, in housing, in all the services, not in rewarding the wealthy. Let's not forget, in this election, Fine Gael want to abolish the USC for the highest earners. For example, the Taoiseach would come out 12 grand better per year and other higher earners. That's what they want to do. Our choice is put those resources into health, education, public services, housing. That's where we need the resources. Okay, Michal, I want to bring uh, Donna Cooney from the Green Party in there. Yeah, I think I suppose um, if you look at the in, injustices and the uh, inequality, you'll find that um, particularly when it comes to, say, lone parents, most of those would be women. Um, and uh, 
expecting uh, that a child would, uh, that would be able to let themselves in like a latch child kid at the age of seven um, that um, the, the mother has to go out to work then at that point um, uh, doesn't get any um, uh, lone parents or any support and uh, there aren't any childcare facilities for that and also talking about an investment in, in education um, the, child, the class numbers have gone up my child is in um, my six year old is in a class of 34 um, teachers are getting paid less they're under in huge stress and strain the new teachers have come in are at a lower pace so why is this, you know, um, if, if they are interested in investing in education, why it is that our youngest children are in that vulnerable situation? Um, and I don't believe that it's, it's in Ireland uh, of equalities. Um, you look at the, the children are there now studying the proclamation this year, which is great. But they're reading that cherish all the children of the, of the nation equally and uh, working towards the prosperity and the happiness of, of society. There's so much more we can do in a progressive way, use innovation. We don't need to have the social welfare system that, the way that it is. There should be flexibility in the working life for people and uh, bringing in a basic income and allowing people flexibility in their working life so they can be carers at some time, so they can work part-time and, and share, share the, the workload and share the wealth. Okay, uh, Donna, uh, we bring two more in this, Finian and uh, Michael. Finian. Uh, first of all, we, we, I do accept that we have a huge inequality in Irish society. And the way I, I put forward three practical steps to, uh, to uh, deal with this particular issue. First of all, I prior, prioritise capital investment into the most disadvantaged and underdeveloped communities. Second of all, I would strongly support the Children First campaign, which puts early childhood education a priority. If we can get the one to four-year-olds uh, into early education, prioritise that, we will make a major dent in inequality, because as far as I'm concerned, education is a way out of poverty. And the third and final thing is, a very practical, sensible thing to do would be to expand and support the SME sector, small and medium enterprises. There are 200,000 SMEs in this country at the moment. There are thousands of them on the north side of Dublin. If one SME employed just one extra person, that would effectively wipe out unemployment. I think it's, I'm working very closely with Senator Fergal Quinn on this issue and I also, as I said earlier on, I'm a, board, a director of the Northside Centre for the Unemployed with Deirdre Smith and her staff. And there are three practical ways to deal with the issue of inequality. Inequality has got worse in Irish society over the last five years and we have to tackle it. Okay, finally for this question, uh, Michael O'Brien. Well, I just want to respond to a, a point that Eona uh, Reardon made about um, the need for a wealth tax. And he knows, and it's a very common thing amongst uh, pro-establishment figures, when you mention the notion of a wealth tax, they respond by saying about how much uh, or what a percentage of tax the top 10% of earners. Earners, mind you, make as a, as a you know, in the, the old POY tax take. So they actually switch the question, whereas in fact there's a whole other sphere of economic activity, of unearned and undertaxed wealth in our society, which is really what we're talking about, which they do not want to talk about. And just to give concrete examples, if you take employers' PRSI, Ireland is the second lowest employers' PRSI in the whole of uh, the European Union uh, 27, and even a 1% rise alone would raise uh, 0.6 billion uh, euro. Corporation tax, the effective rate is essentially in the region of 8% according to Eurostat. Even if the 12.5% headline rate was enforced, that would raise an extra 2 billion uh, per year uh, for the exchequer. 
of financial transaction tax for all the economic activity in the IFSC, even 0.1% on that, or, or 0.01% on derivatives would raise an extra billion uh, per year. Uh, 2% uh, tax on millionaires and what they own above a million in terms of net, net uh, assets, because the figures are available to us every uh, quarter from the central uh, bank. That that would be a real uh, property tax and wealth tax. That would raise uh, uh, something in the region of uh, 3.5 billion euro. But they they don't want to go. They'd say that's completely impractical. But like somebody mentioned James Connolly already. But one of the best quotes from James Connolly from uh, workshop talks that he wrote in 1909 is, don't be practical when it comes to politics because these people would have you believe that that it's practical to accept the status quo uh, where, you know, it's only the PAYE sector that has to take every single uh, imposition going and the rest of the rich have to be left alone. Okay, Michael, thanks very much.